Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. Do not adjust your dial. Do not look at your phone, especially if you're driving, thinking, what is wrong with this sound? Jeff doesn't sound normal. It's not your, it's not your phone. It's not the speakers in your car. It's my voice. I uh, have a little bit of a cold going back to work. For those of you that know, I'm an educator, which means you have to talk a lot more than you're used to. And uh, yeah, you can lose your voice sometimes. So I'm going to battle through. We're going to grind it out. That's what Mike Tomlin would want from all of us in the Ride or Die crew. And we're still going to deliver on this Friday podcast, not only to get you ready for the Jacksonville Jaguars game on Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time, but also to get you ready for the upcoming regular season. I I told you on, I think last, well, I even said this last Friday, there's no Jerome Betts in the second half of this show. Jeremy is on vacation, so I'm going to have Dave Schofield on why. If you looked at the title of this podcast, you know we are updating our 53-man roster predictions in the second half of this show. So be on the lookout for that. That's going to be fun. Stay till the very end for a heart-to-heart. You won't want to miss that either. But what I want to do in the first half is we have to wrap up training camp. The Steelers are done at St. Vincent College. After their next practice, they're going to get on a plane. They're going to go down to Jacksonville. When they come back, everything is going to be at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. They're not going to be in college on the college campus anymore. And that's kind of a bummer because there's that's part of, for me, as someone that's not there, it really does give you an inside look at the Steelers. It gives you an idea of what's going on. You get video, you get live updates, you get reports. It's really a lot of fun to follow, and you don't get those in the regular season. Look, I get it. I understand why we don't get those updates. I understand why they have those restrictions on reporters, but it is kind of sad to see training camp come to a close, although I'm not going to miss the writing the training camp recaps. Those can be absolutely exhausting. Uh, but we're, so we're going to put a we're going to put a bow on training camp. We're going to talk about injury news. One injury which scared the bejesus out of Steeler fans, and I don't think it's too bad. And then I'm going to do some random thoughts and give you some things to look for this Saturday night as the Steelers fan base prepares for Kenny Pickett. That's right. All right, let's talk about news. Mike Tomlin met with the media on Thursday, as he normally does prior to a Saturday preseason game, and he talked about the quarterbacks. Mitch Trubisky is going to start. He's going to play. And uh, what Mike Tomlin labeled it was as was basically he's going to play by ear. How many series, quarters, whatever, he's not putting a number on it. I, I get it. He wants to see how they do. If Mitch Trubisky goes out there, first two drives, touchdown, touchdown, hey, Mitch, we've seen enough. We'll get you more time next week. But if Mitch Trubisky struggles, or maybe he wants to see something better from a running back or the offensive line, then maybe he'll keep him in. That wasn't the news. The news was that Kenny Pickett is going to get second team reps on Saturday night. So that means Kenny Pickett is going to be in relief for Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky, let's say he plays the entire first quarter. So Kenny Pickett will come in the second, likely play all of the second. I wouldn't be shocked if he plays most of the third. And Mike Tomlin did say in his press conference that a lot of the offensive line is going to remain in the game even when they switch quarterbacks. So if you're thinking what I thought watching him last Saturday night was, yeah, he's playing against third stringers or maybe worse for the Seattle Seahawks. 
He's also got a third-string offensive line blocking for him, at least in the fourth quarter. So for Kenny Pickett, he's getting an opportunity. We'll see if he can seize it. Mason Rudolph will probably be the guy that comes in in maybe the second half of the third, plays from the fourth, and he's going to do his thing. I doubt we see Chris Oladokun, who finally got more team reps as Cam came to a close. My guess is that's going to be quite to the third preseason game. I could see Chris Oladokun playing potentially the entire fourth quarter just to get him out there. But still, good to see. Now, Mike Tomlin did say that there are some players that are going to be back, players that are going to be out. Now, the player, the only player he ruled out for this Saturday night is Calvin Austin III, which is a bummer because if you're someone like me that wants to see if this little speedster, this little track guy can actually translate his game, his speed into the NFL, well, we haven't seen it yet. So he's not going to play this week, and that foot injury, I guess they'll have to just take it day by day and see if he'll be ready to go for week three or if they're going to hold him out until the regular season in week one. That's making the, I hope it's not a hasty assumption, that he makes the team. But I digress. Other players you're probably not going to see in the game this Saturday night. Montrevious Adams hasn't practiced for a while with an ankle injury. Arthur Millette's been kind of banged up. But there are some players that you could expect to be back on the field. You're going to probably see Marcus Allen back there. Chase Claypool is going to be in the lineup. Deontay Johnson will be back with his hip flexor. Pat Fryermuth, Benny Snell, Najee Harris, Larry Og... Og- oh my gosh, I can't even talk. Larry. That's what we call him on this podcast. Anyways, Larry Ogunjabi. He will be back. Tyson Alualu, he'll be back. But that wasn't the injury that really scared the living daylights out of Steelers fans. If you're following on Twitter like I do during a training camp practice, the one thing you don't want to see is a prominent player down on the down on the field, down on the turf with an injury. And that's exactly what Steelers fans were reading with Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward got rolled into, I guess. He's down on the turf. Couple things of note. Now you got to remember, Mike Tomlin did not meet with media after the practice because he met with them before, so there was no injury update. So Hayward's on the ground. Everyone on Twitter is just, "You've got to be kidding me!" Not Cam. Just no, not Cam. Don't know this can happen to Cam. So he gets off. He gets up, walks gingerly off of trainers. They're looking at him ice, and then all of a sudden he goes on a cart and he's up on the up on top of the hill at the dorms. Well, then he comes back down later. He's got a shoe on. He's signing autographs. Cam said after practice, then when he spoke with media briefly, that he was concerned at first, but he just thinks it's one of those things he says he should be fine. That's good. I'll take him at his word. However, I will say that don't expect Cam Hayward, if this ankle is even remotely serious, to play this Saturday night. If they keep him out, I get it. Keep him out. Why do you need to play Cam Hayward? He doesn't need to play. Let him rest. Get that ankle right for week one. That's the most important thing. He's probably going to be out this Saturday, but that's fine. All right, let's get into some uh, random thoughts here. Just thoughts that I've had from listening to other podcasts on the Behind the Steel Curtain Network, which you can find us anywhere where you get your podcasts by searching Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Devin Bush, man, Devin Bush. I mean, I did my I did my podcast on Wednesday, the mailbag segment. There were some questions about Devin Bush. Some people got their submissions, their questions in late, and they obviously didn't. They didn't get that time, and they wanted to know what I thought about Devin Bush. I mean, Dave Schofield, and I'm not going to bring this up in the second half, just so you know, he's gone on several tangents on shows about how he's kind of turned the page from Devin Bush. He's moved on, and he doesn't, doesn't, whatever. Here's my thing. Say what you want about what Devin Bush said. The problem here is not what he said. That that is not the problem, okay? Let's get something very clear. The problem is that Devin Bush's play – 
has matched his comments. Let me make that make sense. So Devin Bush has made some really weird comments this season. Uh, He obviously doesn't know what the future holds. The Steelers have made their decision by not picking up his fifth-year option. And he's kind of starting to look forward, looking to what's next. What's that next chapter after the season? Well, that's free agency. The problem is, is that what he put on the field on Saturday last night, uh, last Saturday against the Seattle Seahawks, was atrocious. I mean, you watch some of these clips from his time in the in the game, and it was it was not it was not good. And it was more than just one play, but it was not good. Now, if Devin Bush were to turn it around, flip the switch, start showing some fire, an emotion, a willingness to want to get his nose in a play and make a play, then he can say whatever he wants. I could care less what he says. It's what he does on the field. That's the issue here, folks. It's not what he says. A player could come out and say, you know what? I'm, the Steelers, they made their decision. I'm looking forward to what's next. All right, as long as you're still going out there on Sunday, Thursday, or Monday, or Saturday in this case, in 2022, and you're making plays, I don't care. I really don't. The Steelers did make their decision. They didn't pick up the fifth-year option. And Devin Bush has to realize that and understand that he has to worry about what's next. But if he keeps playing like this, matching the comments he's making, the the play being subpar to the subpar comments, what's next might not be too entertaining. The quarterback competition, everyone is talking about it, rightfully so. Everyone's excited about it. But the more I think about this, you know, I, I did say on this podcast, I openly stated that I am rooting for Kenny Pickett to win the job and start week one. Anyone with a brain in between their two ears and their head knows that Mike Tomlin is not going to lean in that direction. Barring an injury, Mitch Trubisky is going to be the guy. But if Kenny Pickett can be QB2 in his rookie season and not let Mason Rudolph get that helmet on game day, that is a win-win. Giving him that game experience, even if he's on the sideline, and people tend to forget that someone like Patrick Mahomes, and in no way, shape, or form am I comparing Kenny Pickett to Patrick Mahomes, but people forget that Patrick Mahomes did not come into the league and start right away. He sat and watched behind Alex Smith. And then in year two, that's when he took over, and that's when, and he he has openly spoken about how beneficial that time was. So I've kind of come to grips with the, the KP8 era might have to wait a season unless there's poor play or unless there's an injury, and I get it. I get it. I'm still rooting for the guy, but I get it. You know, George Pickens, he is just, boy, I mean, this guy is just all over the place. He is being talked about on these podcasts, not just on our network, across the national media. He's being talked about on ESPN, NFL Network, Good Morning Football, all these places are talking about George Pickens, and rightfully so, this six foot two monster freak as Deontay Johnson caught him. He's a freak of nature, is what Deontay Johnson said when he's talking about the rookie out of Georgia, George Pickens. It does make you think, and this is something I'm gonna steal this from what Ian's talking about. If you missed that podcast on Thursday, go back and listen to Greg and Kyle as they they do it only the way that they can do it. It's hysterical. I love that show, never miss an episode. But they said, you know, are we forgetting about Juju Smith-Schuster? And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not forgetting about Juju Smith-Schuster. I've already forgotten about Juju Smith-Schuster. And that has nothing to do with the injury last season. It was the fact that when they re-signed Juju Smith-Schuster to the one-year $7 million deal prior to 2021, I wasn't that excited about it. Because Juju Smith-Schuster, without someone really dominant opposite him, has never done anything for the Steelers. You can blame the offensive coordinator. You can blame the quarterback. It doesn't matter. 
facts are that he never produced. Not that way when Antonio Brown was on the team. And so, yeah, George Pickens, him, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, throw in Gunnar Olszewski, talk about him in a second. They have a really good wide receiving core, and I didn't even mention Pat Fryermuth. I didn't even mention someone like Najee Harris coming out of the backfield. So, yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster, who? Yeah, I'm on board with that. And I like Juju, and that's nothing against him. This is just from a football perspective. Speaking of Gunnar O, I'm curious to know one thing. Is this guy nothing more than a camp phenom, or is he actually going to have a significant role in this 2022 offense? Is this a, you know, we always talk about Calvin Austin, could he be a Dree Archer 2.0? Is this guy Ryan Switzer 2.0, or is he more of a Wes Welker? Ryan Switzer didn't do much. Wes Welker, he was a pro bowler, did a lot, both in Miami and in New England. I'm curious to see if his game will translate. Mike Tomlin has spoken so highly of Gunnar Olszewski, talking about his toughness, his grit, his determination. I mean, we hear this guy's story. He grew up in the same town in Texas as Nolan Ryan, and he spoke about how when you come from that town, you have to be tough because Nolan Ryan set that bar so high. And he went to college to play baseball, and it wasn't until he, I think he broke his wrist, wasn't able to play baseball, was going to be drafted in the Major League Baseball draft. His dad played in the minor leagues. He wanted to follow that same path. No, instead he ends up playing football, finds his way onto the Patriots roster, becomes an all-pro returner, and no one, myself included, anyone that's at camp, has talked about Gunnar O in regards to his returning abilities. Everyone's talking about how this guy catches everything thrown his way. He is a he knows how to create space, a phenomenal receiver. Can it translate? That's what I want to know. Last random thought. There are some tough cuts coming, folks. You you just look at the numbers, and we're going to talk about this in the second half. This is a good segue. In the second half of this show, to hear about previewing the, the Steelers' upcoming game, check out the Steelers' preview podcast, which was you could find it before this Let's Ride podcast. Myself, Brian, and Dave, we're going to diagram what to expect and all that stuff. I'm going to leave it there because we want to leave a lot of time for this roster prediction, but there are some tough cuts coming. Could someone like Benny Snell get cut? Are they going to keep four running backs? Could someone like Marcus Allen, a drafted player, could he be at the end of his time in Pittsburgh? What about Justin Lane? How long are they going to keep him around? These are questions that are really tough answers, uh, and, and we're going to do the best that we can in the second half of this show to diagram and outline our own 53-man roster prediction. I honestly believe that there's only a few roster spots left for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. And getting the answers to those is going to be tough when you talk about just total numbers of players kept, who pushes so-and-so off the roster, player position versatility. It's going to be tough. But we're going to do it. And that's what's going to happen in the second half of the show. I'm going to have Dave Schofield on. We're going to give you our 53-man roster prediction. Stay tuned. We will be right back. second half i teased this at the end of the first half dave schofield editor of bts he's joining me to talk about 53 man roster predictions because we are awful at predictions so we figured we might as well do it again dave didn't before i even welcome you to the show we predicted 
we both got one right in the first round of cuts, didn't we? In our prediction from 80, 90 to 85. I got the punter. Well, before we say that, I have to say I had no idea I was doing the show with Barry White tonight. <laughs> but uh, or today, to whenever, I don't even know what time it is. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> I am just with everything. The, the, the training camp finished yesterday. Well, it finishes today. But the last practice open to this to the public was was then it's just been yeah. a lot yeah when we cut down I, i'm gonna be honest with you i think we got two i think we each got two and here's uh, why because of nate gilliam <laughs> yes because <laughs> even though that that cut was made later to me they cut five players and the two guys they brought in was because of the two guys on ir yes. i'm kind of gauging it that way if we count that one that we both got two, but if not, then we each got got one. And honestly, that's way better than what you did last year. And that's exactly what I did last year. <laughs> Christian Koontz was kind yeah. of the first out for me, and he's still on the team today. Yeah, he was yeah. my he was my sleeper to to win that job last year, and I was You're excited right. when he did. So let let that be a precautionary tale as you listen to us uh, wax poetic about our fifty three man roster predictions after one week of preseason football. But you know what? There's actually, and I said this in the first half, I feel like there's only a handful of roster spots available on mm -hmm. this football team. Most of them are pretty solidified. We're going to go through position by position in case you're new to this exercise. We do this periodically throughout the offseason, and we'll do it again before they actually trim the roster down to the 53, which will be before week one. But we're going to start on offense. We're going to start a quarterback. No surprises here. Trubisky, Pickett, and Rudolph are the three. Dave, you don't see that changing anytime soon, do you? I'm, I said the only way that changes is if they make a quote unquote major roster move. Yeah. I don't see it. Some people think the trade is happening. I will, I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying I'm not moving forward thinking that it will happen. I'm moving forward thinking they're, they, they stand pat. But honestly, you've got to. You've got to have Omar Khan say what he said because you said, "Oh no, we, we will entertain offers for 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 Rudolph." Then the offers aren't going to be as good. You have to say you're not interested in moving on, yeah. or else no one's going to give you anything. But I, you, I really don't know if they are. Are you referring to Omar Khan on the Pat McAfee show? Uh, I don't know if it was Pat McAfee. Yeah. I just saw the quote on Twitter okay. that said yeah. that they were that they were good with with. They had no intention of trading any of their quarterbacks. He, no, I listened to that segment. When I saw Omar Khan was going to be on Pat McAfee, I pulled it up on Spotify and listened to his segment. And uh, he also said that they he's been fielding calls all camp, that they've been placing calls. And I thought one of the neatest things that he said was, Pat McAfee asked, since you're a first-year GM, have people been trying to kind of get one by you? Like, oh, this is a good trade. This is a good for you guys. Oh, every day. So that means that he's literally getting calls from these GMs, probably like not a trying to not rip off the Steelers. Trying, exactly, exactly. Hey, I'm, he says he he said this Omar Khan that hey, you know I'm I'm looking at your roster. This is what other GMs are telling him. I'm looking at your roster. I think this would be fair. And he's like, get out of here, man. Like seriously, I'm, I wasn't born yesterday, so I don't. Let me ask you this though, while we're on mm -hmm. the quarterback debate. If there was a trade to happen with Mason Rudolph, when do you see it happening? If it happens this week, according to Andrew Filipponi of the fan. Well, my goodness, this week's basically over. I, I don't know, think it's going to happen saying. before Saturday because that either. would that would change everything with their plan for the game. 
Um, so I don't think it would happen then. It, it would have to happen after next week. I've been saying I wouldn't think it would happen until after the season started mm -hmm. if there was someone who really needed it then and would be willing to give up mm -hmm. what it would take for the Steelers to actually do it because I think it's going to take more than what people think for them to pull a trigger like that. But at the same time, I'm next thing you know, we could find out <laughs> right after we're done yeah. recording that something's You're happening. Right. But it, it, it's how it works with the Steelers sometimes. And when you think about the plan that Mike Tomlin put in place where Mason Rudolph is going to be the third quarterback in, that's not really showcasing his talents. You know, if he no. were the starter, I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. Anyways, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, in the coming days or weeks. Let's go to running back. We both had a change here. Mm -hmm. uh, you and, and I both. Yeah. We removed Benny Snell. We yep. went from four players to three. Uh, I'm sorry, three. No. We kept three. We took Benny Snell out. We included Jalen Warren, who is like the camp darling of camp darlings right now because he's getting he's getting time with the starters. Explain your decision there, Dave. I was doing everything I can to keep him. That's yeah. it. And in order to keep him, he's got to knock off someone who was a draft pick. So... I, I like what McFarland did in the first preseason game. And right now we're basing things off of the first preseason game. And what I said for the article that we have on this, I flipped the coin between Benny Snell and Derek Watt, who we'll talk about next. Uh, that's what I did. And the main reason is because those were two guys who haven't been available. That's the thing too. I think this is more about, in my opinion, it's more about Snell than it is Warren. Yeah. Warren's played great, but Snell hasn't been available. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't been able to, I mean, he'll, he'll probably play Saturday. He's returned to practice. He better. That's all I'm going to say is he better play Saturday, even if he's a little banged up or else I feel like he's just letting this undrafted rookie just run away with it. But this Go happened ahead. last year. He didn't play in, in the first preseason game or two last year because he was dinged up and everything. And we weren't taking him off the list, cross off Benny Snow. He's, you know, his best ability is his availability and he doesn't have the ability to, to be available. And we crossed him off. And what happened? He came back, boom, to end of story. It was like, yeah. he was already, it was like nothing that happened. Didn't matter what anyone else did or what he didn't do. He was already there. And that was what it was. Well, if he makes the team, they're keeping four. Yeah. There's no way they don't keep Jalen Moore. And, and they have kept four the last couple of yeah, years. You're right. So, Keep in mind, Jalen Warren reminds me of Mike Hilton. If you remember when Mike Hilton was in camp, I mean, he was around the football every practice. Yeah. And there were beat writers saying, there's no way they can cut this guy. Like, yeah. no way. And they, they they couldn't. And he ends up becoming, a, you know, a household name in Pittsburgh. He ends up getting a second contract with Cincinnati. But let's move on to the fullback position. Derek Watt, that's the only true fullback on the team. We both have him making the team. Is there a chance that he doesn't, in your opinion? There is. And, uh, but hear me out, okay? There's a chance Derek Watt doesn't make this team initially. Because if you look at it, let's say, here's my scenario. People would be like, oh, they finally cut, cut ties with Derek Watt. And the very next day, he's back on the team. And yeah. here's why. If there's someone that the Steelers have that it needs to go on IR, you're not going to cut a guy that can get claimed on waivers. You're going to cut a vested veteran that you could say, all right, here's the deal. We're going to be bringing you back. They did it last year with Arthur Millette. Yeah. That's they cut Arthur Millette at the 53 and brought him back the next day when guys went on, on IR Derek Watt. I mean, he, you just tell him ahead of time. Hey, hey we, we got to let somebody go that we don't have to worry about waivers. So here's what we're going to do. You were due 
$2.75 million this year. When we bring you back, we're going to sign you to a two-year deal. And we're going to give you 1.25 in base salary. We're going to give you 150000 or 1.5 signing bonus, which will pay him the same amount this year. Then whatever salary they figure out for the next year. And it actually saves 750 k against the salary cap because a lot of people don't like his cap number. That's yeah. something they could do. Or they could just roll with him. Yeah, no, I could see it go either way. I honestly could. I think Derek Watt makes the team. If that's the way they do it, that's fine. But I see him making the team. Now, wide receiver is the next position on the docket. <laughs> and wide receiver is one where, in my opinion, the the, the choices, this has gotten easier. Yeah. And uh, you hate to see it, but with Anthony Miller being put on injured reserve with a shoulder injury, he was that guy for me that could bump someone else out. Um, Calvin Austin, the third has not practiced in recent days, almost a full week, not uh, playing this weekend. He's not playing this weekend. He's been ruled out, but yep. he's a draft pick. They're not going to cut, uh, Calvin Austin, the third, I would be stunned. Uh, we know Deontay Johnson. We know Chase Claypool and George Pickens and Calvin Austin, the third are in, in their locks. So we both have Gunnar Olszewski and miles Boykin rounding out the group. I want you to go ahead and explain why Gunnar and Miles Boykin were your picks. I'll explain my, why I chose them as well. And if there's any player that could maybe crack that top six, who would it be? Okay. that What's crazy about this is we hadn't done this exercise since right after mini camp ended. We didn't do it again before training camp because nothing had changed. And now this is our first time throughout training camp that we're doing this. If we would have done this two weeks ago, I probably would have had one or two different receivers in there. This yeah. would have changed. And then I would have changed it back. And it's all about Anthony Miller. I thought he was doing a nice job. I thought he could really make the team. And then he's hurt and on IR. So to me, the only person who could possibly right now knock him off, there's two. And that would be Steven Sims or Cody White. The yeah. Steelers love them some Cody White. Yes. He brings things in practice and other things that, that us fans don't always necessarily see, but they've always loved Cody White. And Steven Sims, another guy that was on the practice squad last year, because that's where Cody White started off until Juju Smith-Schuster got hurt and he got moved up. Th those are the two that could do it. And with Sims, people are like, oh, look at the punt return. Oh, look at the rush. Yeah, that was great but he had one reception for two yards. Right. But he's also a guy that in these next two games could start to make this interesting again. So those are the main two. I went with Boykin because of the special teams ability. Um, I thought that he did. A, I mean, I'm pretty sure if I were to go back and check the um, the, the Steelers, it was their, um, oh, their, their special teams PFF scores, which, which I had at one point. Um, he was he was up there. He was I'm thinking he was like maybe towards the top. Yeah, he was number one. He had like an oh my goodness, I just brought it up and, and it loaded. He had a 91.8 special team score. Wow. That is crazy. That is crazy. By far the best on the team. So you're talking about someone on that really brings a lot to the special teams and as a wide receiver. I like him. Gunner O shows that he could be the receiver, not just a return guy. I like him. So it's not like they kind of get them by default. It's they're actually earning these spots. Well, Gunnar Olszewski, I remember when he was signed, I was excited. He's an all pro at one point with the New England Patriots. So he's got the he's got that resume. And then they signed Calvin Austin, the third or pick draft him, I should say. Then you're thinking, okay, Calvin is Calvin Austin going to compete with Gunnar O? But now all of a sudden, Gunnar O, 
he's impressing and and he's not as a returner. He hasn't even returned a kick yet in a preseason game. Yeah. He's been impressing as a receiver. And now you're looking at him and thinking, well, this is a whole new dynamic. Yeah. And so there's people that are drawing, you know, comparisons to Wes Welker. I'm just hoping it's not Ryan Switzer 2.0, but right now the guy's catching everything thrown his way and all reports from camp are this guy is, you just can't cover him. You put him in the slot and he's going to get open and they've been finding him. So if Gunner O turns into so much more than just a return guy, you know, he can return. What a, what a find by the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I I have a question for you. What's up? What if they do what they've done the last, what they did last year and before, what if they only keep five? In order to keep that other run back. If they only keep five, in my opinion, I think it's Boykin that's cut. And yeah, but with the I agree. And that's and why Calvin if, Austin the third has got to be healthy. Exactly. But this is why I think they'll keep six because Boykin will ber- also brings that great special teams that he showed well, uh, on Saturday night. And he also brings size. Let's keep that yeah. in mind. You don't want a bunch of Smurfs out there. So, you know, <laughs> if Boykin goes down. Or I'm sorry, if Pickens or Claypool, one of the bigger body receivers, mm-hmm. were to be lost, well, Boykin can come in and kind of give you some size. Yeah. So keep that in mind. All right, let's go to tight end. We both have Fryermuth, Gentry, and we add Connor Hayward in that mix as the three. Uh, I really don't see anyone threatening at this. I'm talking about Jace Sternberg or Steinberger, Sternberger, whatever his name is. Um, I don't think that's an option for the 53 man roster. Anything to say about the tight ends? Uh, uh, I don't know if people realize this. Some people like PFF scores. Some people don't. Um, if you do like them, Jay Sternberger was in the bottom three for the Steelers offense. He had a 0.6 pass blocking grade. (laughs) It was only one play, but it was a 0.6 and he was not above 60 anywhere else. So, um, uh, yeah. So it's not like he was out there tearing it up to me. I thought this group well, I thought I was confident in this before. Now I'm really confident. It's these three. Yeah, I don't think there's really much to talk about. So let's go to the offensive line. We have nine staying, and we have the same with no changes. Chooks yeah. of core four, Dan Morris tackles, James Daniels, Kevin Dotson, and or Kendra Green as the guards. Mason Cole is your center. Haig as the swing guy. Hour interior depth, and LeGlue kind of like that guy that can move all the way up and down the line if you need him, wherever you need him. And reports from camp is that LeGlue has been phenomenal. Uh, oh, he was phenomenal Saturday in run he blocking. He was. In run blocking. Yeah. So th- I think this is. I think these are their guys. I don't see anyone. I don't hear anyone talking about any up-and-comer. I have, to give you an example, I don't hear about a Dan Moore like last year. Now, Dan Moore is a drafted player, fourth-round pick. Yeah. But we don't hear about that. Wow, this this Dan Moore Jr. Like this guy can actually play. You know, I don't hear any of that. So you're pretty set with these nine, right? Yeah, and I thought maybe someone like a Trent Scott would would make some noise. He didn't play very all that great in the first game. Chaz Green did not play very great in the first game. Yeah. So those guys who I thought could maybe make some noise. Jordan Tucker was at least he's still around. The other. Th- three guys that didn't even get a chance to play all got cut. He's the only one left, but uh, he's got to be thinking he might be on the chopping block for next week. um, Unless they actually play him this in this game. So I think this is it, but this is another position. They could only keep eight to me. If they only keep eight, it's because there's something going on injury wise with somebody by the time um, the season gets there. And it would be one of those deals where they keep nine and then one goes on IR or something like that. Cause remember, IR is not season ending once they're on the 53 man roster. 
Correct. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I like the depth that a lot of positions tackle is an issue, but still yeah. uh, what they have right now, I think is what they're Joe, Joe Hegg's looking pretty good. People were yeah, down on yeah. Hegg, but throughout training camp and on, and on Saturday, last Saturday night, he looked good. We'll see how he does against the Jags. Let's go to the defensive yeah. side, defensive line. You know, we had both had six for a while. You were the one that predicted Stefan two would not make it. You were right. That was the last <laughs> time. Be right. That was the last time we did this for crying out loud. Yeah, he had re- he um, just retired. So yeah. I added a seventh and Larry Ogunjobi is the seventh guy that we yes. add in. Uh, the, the rest, I think we all knew is what it's going to be. Hayward, Alawalu, Wormley, Leal, Loudermilk, Adams, and Ogunjobi. If uh, my concern is, you know, would they, if Adams's ankle injury is really, really bad, mm-hmm. would they put him, wave him injured or put him on injured reserve like they did Anthony Miller? And then they maybe only have six. I don't know. Uh, but what do you think about the defensive line? I like that group though. Okay. Well, well, the, here's the deal with Adams. He's got six years of experience. Yeah. So he's someone that they wouldn't have to wave injured because he could go directly on, on IR or, or, or one of those things. So that's, that's the difference there. Unless he's someone that they think might be out a little bit. I think he's might be practicing. I haven't heard that he hasn't, or maybe he, I haven't seen him at practice where they showed him at practice, but they haven't listed him as someone who hasn't been practicing. Cause I don't even know that he's been on the sideline. He was carted off. Right. Yeah. It was, it was kind of a big deal. So he's one of those guys that you could see where they keep, where they keep seven and then they go back to six. They have generally stayed with six. I know last year they kept eight to start on the original 53, but one was to put to it on the IR and then Mondo and went from the 53 to the practice squad when they made the trade for Akella Witherspoon. So they've been at six, but when they go into week one is what they generally do. But you look at those names, I'm like, there's no one there you cut. I mean, even with that, you're cutting Henry Mondo, Khalil Davis, Carlos Davis, which are names that you would think could maybe stick around, but there's just too much. Yeah, it's going to be, this is a position where there's a lot of depth. Maybe it's a quantity over quality type of deal, but still, Mm -hmm. I think those are the seven that make the team. Outside linebacker was one that I had five at one point thinking they would keep. And and then the guy that I had staying to our skipper, he was waived injured. um, And so he's, he's out of Pittsburgh. And so I just went to four. I didn't have them replacing him. They did bring in. Who else is it going to be? Exactly. So I mean, it's Watt, Highsmith, Tushka, Hem- and Hem- Hemaclar or Hamilcar, however it is. Hamilcar. Yeah, I don't know. Hamilcar Rashad, not bad. He's someone who could maybe, but not yet. I don't have him up there yet. And Highsmith hasn't even been practicing for over a yeah. week because of a rib injury that was suffered, I think, during the game or maybe mm-hmm. right after. I'm not sure. So we have four, and I don't think you can go anywhere else, right? Um, yeah, I, I don't have a fifth. I mean, if, like I said, Rashad would be the fifth guy right now, but I don't see the value in keeping a fifth one there yet. Yeah. Based on where they could use, I'd rather keep the seventh defensive. Right. Now inside linebacker is different. Yeah. You have a lot of these hybrid guys and you like, for instance, you have Marcus Allen out of your lineup. Yeah, um, he hasn't. He hasn't played. Yeah. Hey, what, what is it? You always say, you yeah, can't make the team from the tub. So, what's the real saying? You can't make the club from the tub. The club from the. I said you can't make the team from the tank. That's what it is. <laughs> <That's> what... <laughs> okay, so 
we all have Devin Bush, even though you hate his guts. I don't want to hear about that right now, though. Devin Bush, my I'm, I'm just mad at him. I'm, 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 I'm mad at his words. <laughs> He's in my hey, doghouse. Devin Bush, Miles Jack, Robert Spillane. Now, I actually think that this is going to be a battle the next two preseason games between the next two. Now, I have mm-hmm. Mark Robinson not making the team right now because I think he's just so raw. Yeah. But Buddy Johnson looked absolutely awful. Everyone thinks that Devin Bush played poorly, and I'm not saying he didn't. He did. But Buddy Johnson played a lot more, and the tape he put out was really, really bad. Yeah. But when I hear Jeffrey Benedict, though, saying Buddy Johnson was having to physically put Mark Robinson in position at times, I'm starting to think maybe, maybe Buddy Johnson was too worried about him meaning yeah. Mark Robinson and not himself. So mm-hmm. I think that's why these next two games are going to be crucial. But right now, Buddy Johnson is a fifth round pick, I believe. He's and a fourth round pick. He's a fourth rounder. That's right. And Mark Robinson seventh. They could probably get him on the practice squad. So that's what I'm going with. But you actually had Marcus Allen in there and you have him out. Want to explain that at all? Yeah. Well, I had him in there after many, uh, just because I made a change just yeah. to change something. Um, and, and I think this is going to be a position that I went from five down to four because I want the other defensive lineman. This is where I made that move. I think it's Johnson, Robinson, and Allen, three dogs, one bone. And some people are like, oh, Marcus Robinson had, had that great play at the other game. He did, but yeah. that was one great splash play on a blitz, but he wasn't even touched. Yeah. Um, don't know that that was, you know, he did what he needed to do in that, in that case, but his other plays were, gave a lot to be desired as well. So, and so that makes sense with the whole thing of buddy Johnson was putting him in, in place. He just might not be completely ready, but there's still two more games. That's what I'm yeah. saying. This is who I'd go with now. And it's buddy Johnson basically by default, because I have him a little bit ahead of Mark Robinson based on, on a year with the team and Marcus Island hasn't played. Yeah, I agree. Let's go to cornerback. Well, so we both had five. I actually had four the last time we did this. I had James Pierre getting cut. And what I did is I was like, yeah, they're not going to go with four. They're going to go with five. And yeah. I put James Pierre back in. And what I kept thinking about was, wow, this is going to be like the end of the road in my prediction for Justin Lane. Justin yeah. Lane, I don't have him making the team. So we both have Sutton, Witherspoon, Wallace, Pierre, and Mallette. Uh, you didn't th- did you think about anyone else in any of those spots? No. I mean, no, not to me. The other guys are fighting for the practice squad. That's what they're doing because they're yeah. going to need to keep a cornerback or two on the practice squad in case something happens. And I don't think that anyone's going to be running, you know, flying in trying to pick up um, Carlin's Platel or Chris Steele off of, you know, right. off of waivers to put on their 53. So I could see that. I, I mean, I don't even know. I'm just throwing those two names out there because those are two other um, cornerbacks that are there. There was a report out of Thursday's, yesterday's uh, training camp that there was one team period that they literally went at whoever Justin Lane was guarding for six straight passes. In yeah, period. it's not good. Just because it, it's apparently he's the weak link. Yeah. It's not good. So we agree on the cornerbacks. I feel like that is definitely starting to sort itself out. James Pierce put out some good some good tape in his first preseason action. Let's go to yeah. safety. Uh, we actually have the same safeties making the team as well. Mika Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, Demonte KZ, Miles Killebrew, and Trey Norwood. Uh, the only ex- only other person I would even entertain is if Marcus Allen is one of those hybrid guys and you want to put him in one or the other. But I think this is your five, right? 
Yeah, I'd I'd still put Allen at linebacker. They seem to have moved him there last year. Um, these these are the five to me. This one's a slam dunk. Yeah, I agree, and I think the specialists are a slam dunk too. No one's Chris yeah. Boswell unless he gets hurt. Presley <laughs> Harvin, Christian Coons, like those are your guys. Those Har- are your Harvin guys. and Coons don't even have anyone else in camp competing with them anymore. That's I mean, true. Coons didn't at all. Um, once they actually started camp, and mm-hmm. Harvin, they just they. They gave him one game off, and then they released the other punter, which to, which you called. Yes. But I I think that was almost as much of a courtesy. He's punted in NFL games before, and if you knew you weren't going to keep him, you let him come out, you show what he could do. You cut him now because that guy's got a chance to catch on somewhere else perhaps. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a courtesy thing for sure. Yeah. And I, they probably will cut Skiba on the next round Yeah, uh, because you want to get Chris Boswell and that – battery the three players of coons harvin and and boswell ready to go so yeah, and uh, and think about this that this is why it was smart to keep skiba skiba however you say it yeah whatever they they are on a different schedule than the jaguars that coach tomlin talked about on his yes. press conference this is the jaguars third preseason game you might see more of their regulars for longer um if some of these guys are anxious out there to make the team on a on on special teams you could maybe see him really going after a kick. Let's not put Boz out there this week. Let's give him another week off and let him kick the last one. It's a great point. Great point. So there you have it, folks. That's our post-week one NFL preseason 53-man roster prediction. Like I said, we'll probably be doing this again in a couple weeks before the actual 53-man roster cutdown. So make sure you're on the lookout for that. Dave, in the meantime, talk to you later. Thanks. All right, a big thank you to Dave Schofield for taking the time. He's a busy man. Took the time to be on the show, talk about the roster predictions. You know, when you when you look at some of these roster predictions, and this is my heart-to-heart for the week, you look at some of these roster predictions, it's, it's really difficult. Not so much from a sheer number standpoint, from a football standpoint, but it's difficult to the fact that these are players that are not just names on a website, names on a piece of paper, and these are real lives. These are individuals. You're talking about a player being told, hey, you are good enough, but not good enough. And so now you're unemployed. You're not going to be with the Steelers anymore. You're not going to be in the NFL anymore. You hope another team calls. And we all tend to root for certain players. I, I tell you what, I, I honestly, for me, ever since he was signed, I read about him, wrote an article about him. Gunnar Olszewski has been my camp darling, if you want to put it that way. He is he's tough like Mike Tomlin labeled him. He's a smaller guy. I tend to root for those small guys because I'm a smaller guy. I'm only 5'9", 170, 75 pounds, give or take. And Gunnar Olszewski seems to fit that mold. And so I root for guys like that. And so when you talk about these individuals, we all have our rooting interests. We all say like, oh, Benny Snell should get cut. Man, I get it. But Benny Snell's an individual. He's a human being. I try to keep that in mind because someone like Benny Snell getting cut, if that were to happen, would just be for him. I mean, and that, that would be devastating. They might find a new home somewhere else. But still, I try to keep the human element into this because sometimes – we do get, I guess I consider it, the gladiator mode takes over. You know, people say that modern athletics are like modern day gladiators. If you think back to ancient Roman times where the gladiators would get in the, the ring and they would battle to the death and people didn't care that someone died. They just wanted to see the show. And I feel like that is in a way 
what professional sports, especially the NFL, has turned into. But I try to keep that human element into it because I think it's important. I really, really do. All right, folks. Saturday night, Steelers at Jags. Make sure you check it out. Make sure you check us out on the postgame show. Myself, Brian Davis, and Dave Schofield. And as always, I will be back on Monday with my Winners and Losers podcast, so don't miss it. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Go Steelers.